Warning! This episode contains foul language, graphic descriptions of murder, and a little voodoo as a treat. the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. And you are listening to the premiere of season four of our show, my God. Woo. We are happy to be back with you guys. Yes, ma'am. Each week we get to sit down with a friend and talk about something weird, and this week is no exception. My name is Ashley, and this is my lovely co-host, Lauren. Hi, weirdos. We missed you <laughs> lots. missed you. You missed our uh, finale last year, too, so it's been a while for you. I sent in a text that you read <laughs> that aloud. I read yeah, live. That yeah. was my participation. <laughs> Hi. Hi. And today we are joined by a very special guest, a friend that we made 10 whole years ago, a comedian who's been featured on Drunk History and Comedy Bang Bang. You've seen his face on Brooklyn Nine-Nine and The Good Place. He's a UCB performer. He has his own improv team called White Women. And he has his own podcast called The Flagrant Ones, which you can check out on Patreon. I am very excited to introduce our friend, Mr. Carl Tart. Oh, my gosh. What an intro. <laughs> that was a good intro. You make me. We met 11 years ago. Oh, was God, it? you're right. It's 2020. 2008. Yeah. 2009, 2009. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're right. right. Wait, y'all didn't do. I met y'all on Glee or, or Greek. I did Ooh. not do Greek. I did you, Greek. You did. That was so a sweaty, sweaty time. <laughs> a sweaty time? I was sweaty on every single <laughs> Greek set I was ever on. <laughs> 2009 was when... Wow. Yeah. Goodness. Yeah. My gosh, that's pretty insane. Such young punks. Young punks. Truly. Yeah. So running, we running go way Holly, back. Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood. Yeah, I was just showing Carl a picture right before we got started where we look like we're maybe 10 years old, but we yeah. were out pretending like we were real grown-ups going yeah. to bars in Hollywood. It was a good time. Really fun. But we yeah. met doing um, just background. We were all straight out of college, basically. Um, and so we were fresh out the gate. And then we all sort of stopped at the same time, too. We did yeah. it for about a year. And then we were like, this is we've it's had a lot. <laughs> How did you get into improv and stuff like that? I was doing it while we were doing background. Were you? So we were rap at Glee because most Glee days were pretty like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Yeah. or 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. They were, they were usually pretty consistent. Afterwards, I would. I didn't have a car. I remember uh, that. Yeah. I remember seeing you getting on and off buses. Yeah, yeah. I gave you a ride a couple into. times you gave to me a bus ride. stops. You I gave remember. Me a ride. Yeah, a lot of people gave me a ride. One night, oh man, it's a funny party story. Ooh. Uh, one night, was this your friend? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> I I had just talked to Ashley about it recently. I was like, if memory serves, I feel like you guys like kind of dated or like had a crush on each other i don't remember fully yeah yes. for like we <laughs> hung out like twice yeah and uh, then she started hanging out with this other guy who worked with us named yes yeah. oh my gosh and how I, rude of her it was like it, it's such high school like yeah, college, college drama because like we all were, were a party at house and Alyssa just bleep out the names oh yeah <laughs> yeah bleep out these uh, names bleeped. yeah bleep the names consider but i want to hear the consider story consider it bleep yeah. uh and then i I was like so embarrassed because they started kind of like canoodling and i was like i gotta get out of here <laughs> and we were, we were all like supposed to crash at 
Rock's house that night. Oh like, my gosh. Every, like, You're like, well, I'm not doing this. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to go. And I like had my like backpack with like clothes in it. Oh like my Jackson Fogg. Yeah. No, no, he's still, he's still around. And Love Alyssa Jackson. gave me a ride from West Hollywood to all the way to my mom's house. That's and, so nice. Look, she but, did uh, that. Yeah. It was, she was very nice. Also, I apologize on behalf of, of her. <laughs> I hope she's well. I'm sure I she hope is. She's doing well. <laughs> um, but I, while while we were doing that, I'd signed up for classes because I would watch the actors and be like, I can do that. Yeah. Like yeah. how did how do you? And I knew that I I knew that I wanted to get into comedy because it was something I'd always wanted to kind of get into. Mm-hmm. And also, we would work with people who were very old mm-hmm. and had been doing background since the 80s and i was like definitely don't want to be doing that <laughs> nope that sounds like a hard life yeah, yeah. that sounds rough <laughs> still I see a couple that. guys you guys remember the old african dude frank who would be the teacher oh my mm-hmm. god yes. i just worked with him on a commercial oh my god yeah he's doing well he's, still he's great going. yeah well, good um he was very proud of me i felt good oh. <laughs> i'm so proud of you That's you so are talking sweet. now <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing you are talking but I was going. I was walking up to Second City and taking classes and just kind of hanging out at Second City and IO, and then did background for like another year or so and got this job at UCLA that just paid me more money. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm gonna take this summer off because it was too hard to. In the summertime, there was nothing going on really. And yeah, we would work like once or twice every right. three weeks or so. And so I was just like, I'm just going to do this job, this hard labor job. And uh, I remember Stephen Causey was like, you're going to do hard labor in the summertime. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, man, because it's work. Yeah, and I was just course. like, oh, and, then, and and I just kept pushing with the improv stuff. And it just kind of started working out. Yeah. And I like I, I just kind of immersed myself into it and background. Just I didn't need that source of income anymore because I had this other job that I was doing maybe two or three days a week that paid me enough money to supplement. I mean, I was living at home. Yeah. yeah. But my mom also wasn't supporting me. So basically I, it was free rent. Yeah. But I still had to support myself. Yeah, you I still had to make money. Yeah. And so I just fully immersed myself in the improv stuff. And then like two years into doing improv in 2012, I did this thing called the CBS Diversity Showcase. I Ooh. I didn't go to yours, but I've been to one before because I've had friends that have been. It's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. It was it was it was such a great opportunity, and mm-hmm. it kind of like pushed me forward in the the realm of where I wanted to be. Yeah, it was a good and launch. Yeah, and I I did the showcase actually with one of uh, Amber Riley's friends, and so she oh, came wow. to the show, and I was like, hey, I know this is probably weird, and she's like, I know who you are. You were on set every day. Yeah, yeah. she's like, you were on set every day. I didn't know you were talented. <laughs> I was like, yeah, we kind of yeah. don't get to show that. On we're just <laughs> silent. Just props <laughs> with statues. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And then I went to Amsterdam for a year to do this performance job. Wow. That really sucked, but it was, it, I like got through it and came back. And when I came back, I was kind of like, I, I kind of soared to the top of the ranks at UCB. Mm. And it and it is a thing that helps. Yeah, like, for sure. And that year, while I wasn't really working in TV yet, I booked my. Uh, well, actually, right after this the showcase, I booked my first under five. And I remember at the time, out of our friend group, the only person who had gotten the line was uh, Joe. Remember the short 
blonde kid, Joe. Oh, Joe. Yeah, Joe the, Clark. The, the, Joe like, Clark. Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. Yes. He had gotten like oh under five I on, loved a, him. on a Nickelodeon show, on like Big Time Rush. Yes. He had gotten a Sounds line. Sounds about right. And we were all like, oh, Joe got a line. Joe did it. <laughs> yeah. He made it. Yeah, he made it. <laughs> and then I ended up getting a line on another Nickelodeon show that came out after I did that and had like a three-line thing and left, left it that year and then came back and like two weeks of being back, I booked a uh, new girl. And they cut the part out. Uh, I was going to say, I've seen like, every I've episode seen of it. Yeah. Every episode. <laughs> they cut it. They cut. They cut it out. I never Damn. made it on that show. And my friend was writing on it for the last two seasons of it, and we tried to get me in there like three times. I never made it. Damn. Either I was writing on another show and couldn't get out of the room, or we the part just like they cut the part in, yeah. in the room. We're like, oh, somebody else can play this or whatever. Yeah. But uh, when I got back, it just like things just kind of started working out, mm-hmm. and I started working at this bar. And worked there for two years, and then I they brought back Mad TV, mm-hmm. and I got I I made it to the I tested for it. I made it to the final round of people to be on that show, and they didn't hire me, but they let me be in the writers' room. Amazing, and that was what started that kicked off the writing side of things. Very cool. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. You're killing it, and so, you're still writing on TV. Yeah, currently, yeah, I'm currently writing on a uh, Keenan Thompson sitcom that's going to be out in the fall. Very cool. I didn't know of he Kenan. had a sitcom coming out. I love Keenan Thompson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, Is yeah. this truly going to be his final year on SNL? Then? We still don't know that. Uh, I <laughs> feel we're like he's be never going to leave when he's off. Oh it's going to be the summertime. True. He's I kind of don't want him to such ever an leave. underappreciated member of that cast. He is. Absolutely. I think when he first started, he it took a while for him to get going, and I was always kind of like Keenan. Like it you was were hard so to much better on see all him that. As different yeah, from like, Keenan and Kel. Yeah, I was, was like, I can't to... get past this. But in his later years, he is absolutely one of my favorites on that show. Yeah. He's hysterical. He's been there for he owns it. Sixteen years now, and yeah. I would say for at least the past eight, he's yeah, been, been amazing. The main guy. Yeah. He's been yeah. And I miss dog. I miss the sketch. What up with that? Yeah, what up with that? I'm so sad they don't do that anymore. <laughs> that was his shining moment for me. Um, I remember the first time I saw you on TV. I saw you on that episode of Transparent. Same. Oh yeah, where you played the security guard at the mall, outdoor mall, or whatever it was. It was. Yeah, when Moira had her like heart attack, and I screamed. I did too. I brought I my husband. No in joke. The room. Screamed. <laughs> and Joe's watching it with me, and he's like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I know him." I was so excited. I was too. And then I saw you on Brooklyn Nine Nine, which. I didn't realize other people like enjoyed that show, but I, I had so many other friends who were like, yeah, I saw that show too, but I'm obsessed with that show. I yeah. like, I was just watching it totally by chance seeing you on there. I hadn't seen that you'd posted about it or anything. And I was so excited. I didn't post about it. Uh, well, maybe I did. Well, I, I was posting about it though because it was, I, we were posting every week. I was, mm-hmm. I, I was a writer on that show. And so we were posting. Yeah. You were posting about the writing, I think. Yeah. And I was like, I saw him. And then I was like, uh, oh, and watch tonight's episode too you may see a familiar face. Right. Yeah. And I got so excited. Got to play a part that I pitched in the room. That's awesome. So today we are covering a topic that I'm almost positive our listeners are not well versed in. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably I know I'm not. Me either. Um, Since Carl, you have a basketball podcast, right? It's basketball. And uh, we're going to be talking about the world of sports. (laughs) Which is something you never thought we would talk about on the show. say on the show. Now keep in mind, listeners. I said that I could talk about something else. <laughs> he did. She was like, no. I really wanted stick to. Stick to your wheelhouse, <laughs> you dumb jock. <laughs> no. You're going to teach us things. Yeah. And we found the weird. There is we a lot did. of weird. Yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, the weird, weirdest sports stories. We got the true crime, the curses, the scandals, and believe it or not, even some paranormal stories. 
I'm as surprised as you are. <laughs> so uh, it won't be all sportsy, but I did no. have to ask Joe the pronunciation of about 30 names. Yep, same. <laughs> I like Polish names? No, it was just like Jose Canseco. I knew that one. <laughs> yeah, it was like, that's when you But that you was like know. my max. Yeah. And everyone else, I was like, please, I have it all written phonetically. I had to do so that with one of to mine, too. Dumb. I had to watch YouTube videos and wait for people to say <laughs> his name because I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> uh, Lauren's actually going to start us off. We're going to start with some true crime. Yeah. It's actually kind of funny that we're sitting here like, we're going to talk about sports because I'm just talking about some gruesome murders that right. happen to involve athletes. For sure. But like, it's we're just talking true crime right now. But my first story, I had never heard of this guy. I don't know if I've just lived under a rock because I think this story is insane. But have you guys heard of a man named Robert Rozier? R-O-Z-I-E-R. No. No, I don't know that person. He's a football player from a while ago. Like his prime was in the 80s. But um, yeah, I the story is just bonkers to me. But his was the name I had to look up because I was like, Rosier, is it fancy? <laughs> and everyone was just like, Rosier. We're so drinking like, La Croix. La Croix with yeah. Rosier. Okay, so Robert Rozier um, was drafted in 1979 in the ninth round of the NFL draft to the St. Louis Cardinals, which I also didn't know that the St. Louis Cardinals was a football team at one point because yeah. they're a baseball team because it's the Arizona Yeah, they Cardinals moved to Arizona now? in 87. Okay, that was what I was going to ask because I kept reading this over and over like, wait, is this wait, the baseball team? I was no. going to say, is it like when Michael Jordan played golf? Yeah. <laughs> was he trying something? <laughs> so he was drafted in the ninth round to the St. Louis Cardinals as a defensive end. Um, he was this huge, big, six-foot, built-up guy. Looked tough, looked mean. What Don't... position did he play? Defensive end. What's that? Carl. All right. <laughs> it's going to be hard to tell you, but you guys, I, I'm a... Please forgive me if this offends anybody who's listening. You guys know the fat guys in the front, right? They're yeah, standing yeah, in yeah. front of the quarterback. He's one of them. He's one of the guys who's trying to get past them. Ah, uh, also who also them. dips down. Okay, cool. like who also gets into? No, that's a really good description because I've is. seen the replacements a lot yeah. <laughs> with Keanu Reeves and <laughs> yes. the sumo wrestler. I assume is yeah. kind of what you're talking about. Go on. So Michael Strahan <laughs> is a defensive man. If that okay means anything. All right. <sighs> He's yeah, so sweet. He's such so a sweetie. Someone who would be like big and muscular would be a good defensive yeah. end. Like you'd want it to be a big, you, you're tough guy. Big, a really big dude who's really fast also. Okay. Yeah. That's hard to be. He's pretty good. So he was on the Cardinals for a little bit, but then after about two years, he got cut from the team. They gave no official reason when they cut him from the team, but the rumors were that he had a drug problem. And was hanging out with the wrong crowd and mm. wasn't really, you know, showing up for practice on time, not doing too great. It was um, the 80s. Yep. He was Listen. just having too much fun in those <laughs> 80s. He was partying it up. But he eventually took his skills up to Canada, played for the Hamilton Tiger Cats and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, which I just really enjoyed both of those teams. Um, and then he did come back to the NFL briefly to play with the Oakland Raiders, but he only played two games before getting cut again because of drug issues, partying, and I think he had committed a couple petty thefts. Damn, at this in point two weeks? Well. Yeah, in two freaking <laughs> Jeez, weeks. Wait. He just like he could not get it together. He was he was a very rough around the edges guy. Just there's like, like ten games in a season, right? Yeah, no, like, there's seventeen. Games. Together. Oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it's not. Yeah, how long it's, of a season? It's still not. Just, great. 
Um, So his professional career was dead at this point, and he was kind of just wandering aimlessly, trying to figure out what to do next. Um, He did stay in the U.S. because I guess the Canadian authorities were after him because he owed $50,000 worth of bad checks. So he was committing fraud. He'd done like very minor theft in some places. He's not he's not great. Um, After spending six months in prison because he was caught for writing a bad check in the U.S., he was released from prison and decided to go to Miami, Florida, because he thought everything will be better in Florida. Right? Well, that's not a lie. Yeah, it's going to be great. So then sidebar for just a second before we come back to Robert Rosier, I need to talk about this man who was named Hulan Mitchell Jr., not an athlete, but a guy from Oklahoma who was raised very Christian by a reverend father, like very strict um crazy like god is everything fear of god like a really intense christian background um he was raised on that but decided that he himself as he was brought up this way was some sort of prophet or was you know okay he had something special in him he wasn't just a reverend son he was like the son of god he grew up thinking he had something special about him so in oklahoma he tried to get a couple things started he would go to um, different kind of like protests in Oklahoma and like different civil rights acts. But rather than just fighting for equality, he was starting to say white people are the devil and mm. I am the son of God. So follow me. Like if you are black. One of and those you... things is true. <laughs> <laughs> One of those things you said is true. It's like if you are black and you do not feel that you live a life of equality here in Oklahoma, which like, of course you did not. He was like, follow me. Yeah. Um, he couldn't really get anything started in Oklahoma, which is surprising to me. I would think people would follow him. But then he decided to move to Florida as well. And he got a little cult started over there. Well, he wasn't calling it a cult. It was, you know, his special they, they religious never do. group. They never yeah. do. He changed his name from Hulan Mitchell Jr. to Yahweh Ben Yahweh. Lord, that guy. <laughs> Lord, son of the Lord is what that means. So by the end of the 70s, Yahweh Ben Yahweh had found like quite a big group. Um, He even like found a space he could rent out it was called the temple of love and <gasps> his have you heard of this uh, yeah yes yeah. so this yeah. is crazy town i Nuts. had no idea yeah. that this football player was involved in this so he he brought up this group at the temple of love he called his followers the nation of yahweh and he taught them that europeans and jews were oppressors and that africans and descendants of africa were the true chosen people of god um, he said that God celebrated when a white man would die. So his whole demand for his loyal followers, he was very much like Charles Manson. He wouldn't lift a finger, but his right. whole thing was, you should all go out into the world and kill the white devils for me. And his people wanted to do that. And he had a very small entrusted group within this bigger cult called the Brotherhood. And that was only like maybe eight people deep. Right. So then Robert Rosier, he had just come to Florida. He's looking for his family. He's lost. He's straight out of prison. Can't be in the NFL anymore, obviously. Like kept getting kicked out of there. So he's like, hey. These people seem kind of great. So goes to the Temple of Love in Miami and decided to work for Yahweh Ben Yahweh and started moving up the ranks like very quickly because he was so loyal. He was at every single meeting. He's like, dude, I will do anything for you. Like he was just searching for something like this was his family. This was what he needed. So uh, he got into the Brotherhood and Yahweh Ben Yahweh was like, hey, I can see that you have the determination and the strength for this. You're a former NFL player. Like, you're a big dude. Like, you're who we need, like, on the front lines to do the dirty, the dirty deeds. 
So um, he started to send him out for some kills. And (laughs) apparently when you were brought into the Brotherhood, you were given your white garments. You had to wear a white turban and white robes at all times. And you were also given a 12-inch blade. Oh, you mean like like, I'm dressed right now? (laughs) Yep. Exactly. Uh Uh-oh, you guys. This is what Carl's wearing. (laughs) We got to go. Yeah. It's Carl Ben Carl. (laughs) Excuse me. Carl Ben Carl. Uh, you were given your 12-inch blade. Do you have that on you right yes. now? Okay, just making sure you came prepared. The car. Oh, no. And then you were part of the Brotherhood, and you had to prove your worth. So um, Rosier's first kill was a man named Raymond Kelly. Poor Raymond. He was just regular old just white, white dude. Just <laughs> Yeah, literally, like, he became a target because he was white. And he was out drinking one night at the bars in Miami, and uh, the bars had closed uh, he went back to his car, realized he was too drunk, so he decided to lay down and sleep in his backseat and not drive drunk, which it's like, hey, respect, man. Yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. In the 80s, yeah. So he was asleep in his car yeah, at the TP is. Lounge, it was called, and uh, Rosier pulled into the parking lot of this bar. He was looking for his target, and then he sees this guy sleeping in his car. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, Easy uh, is this perfect because i don't have to do anything tough so he completely snuck up on this drunken passed out guy his car was unlocked unfortunately so he got right into the back seat and stabbed him repeatedly apparently raymond didn't even wake up because he was just out so he just like died in his drunken stupor but was stabbed multiple times just left bleeding out in his car um no witnesses he wasn't found until the next morning because i think many people had left this was like two in the morning maybe even later so kelly was just bleeding out in the back of his car um also yahweh ben yahweh's request was that you needed to cut off a piece of one of the ears and bring it back as like a souvenir or gift to present to him so the census was his first kill and he was a little nervous rosier cut off kelly's left ear but dropped it and couldn't find it because it was dark so then he had to go back and cut off the right ear and he brought that part back to yahweh ben yahweh which i just thought was a gross and interesting tidbit of the story of like oh he had to do both ears um he presented the ear to yahweh ben yahweh and officially got his name rosier did of death angel and was Invited into the Brotherhood officially, he was in the elite squad, and he went out on the team and did six more kills (gasps) before he was finally caught because uh, there was finally someone named Branch is the only name that I wrote down for some reason. It was someone with the last name Branch. Branch was able to run off when uh, Rosier and one other guy were trying to kill him, so he was able to run to a more public area, and Rosier finally caught up to him, continued to stab him, but oh witnesses actually saw this one, were able to call the police, and he got caught in that moment. So, Were all their kills stabbings? Not all of them. Some oh, okay. of them were shots to the head. Um, Rosier, I think, preferred to stab. He started to kind of like the chase. Stabby it guy. sounded like yeah. he was a stabby guy. So he's the person he who that. will chase you down. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. he was fast. Yeah. Defensive ends yeah. can be fast. Yeah, he was. That's why Yahweh Ben Yahweh liked him blood. so much because he's like, ooh, this is that former football player. Like he's going to do this for us. Wow. So he did get caught on that last kill with Branch. He was arrested that night. Um, this was 1986 on Halloween, which <gasps> I was like so fitting for us. <laughs> October 31st, 1986. He was arrested and um, in order to get a better, better deal and not go to prison for the rest of his life, he offered to tell the authorities everything he knew. So he filled in the police and the FBI because the FBI was involved trying to figure out why so many killings were happening in this area. They hadn't like fully connected them all to this same group. And while he was talking to the police and the FBI other members of the Brotherhood were still out committing crimes that were not 
they still weren't being tied back to Yahweh, Ben Yahweh, and during his time being held and questioned, um, the firebombing of a low-income black neighborhood was blown up in Delray Beach, which was horrible because apparently, even though Yahweh's whole thing was I everyone who's white is the devil. Also, if he ever met a black person that defied him or disagreed with him, they instantly uh, became they on his shit list too. Well. So he met some people from this specific neighborhood who were like, I'm not joining your group. You crazy, You're man. Crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't want to kill white people. <laughs> like, maybe a little equality would be nice, but I don't want to murder them. And so he lit this whole neighborhood on fire. It was I so also sad. feel like it's a lot harder to uh, induct black people into a cult because... They are not as dumb. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, they're the yeah. ones who be like, I'm not what, sticking what, around for this. Yeah. You want to do what? Man, this is it's... Florida. <laughs> we can't get away with killing white people. <laughs> Trust me, I want to do it sometime. Yeah. But I'm not going to do that. It's <laughs> so true. Yeah. What, that It sounds like it's the white same with nonsense. Like horror That's movies funny. where it's like immediately they're like, no, no. hell no. And I'm not like, walking exactly. through the door. Yeah. And we're just like, what's that sound? Let's follow the <laughs> weird guy with the chainsaw, please. <laughs> yeah, white nonsense for sure. Um, the reason, even though all of this horrible stuff was happening, here's the twisted side of why this wasn't immediately tied back to Yahweh Ben Yahweh and why he actually looked good in the public eye. A, because nothing could actually be tied back to him personally because he had his team doing the job, but also he was going under the guise of being a religious organization and he did with some of the money he had, he was able to build schools and apartment complexes. And he would go like speak at schools oh, and wow. he would go to like the mayor's events and speak on like how you could help the black community. And he just kind of seemed like an advocate and a really good guy. And actually, the Mayor Suarez uh, on October 7th, 1990, that current mayor at the time named uh, October 7th Yahweh Ben Yahweh Day. Wow. He gave him Whoa. a freaking day because he was like, this guy is just doing great stuff for Miami. We love him. And then not even a month later, later, after he had his special day named after him, he did finally get arrested. Um, they finally were able to tie back, I believe, like some sort of letter was written that they were able to tie back to him. So he was arrested for conspiracy to commit murder. He was finally tied to like sending people out to do it, even though he physically didn't. And Robert Rosier was the state's key witness who called him out and was like, that's the dude. This that's is it. Him. This is the moment. Um, They... Originally, prosecutors tried to throw like a shit ton of charges out at him. And I guess a third of them actually got cut just because of lack of evidence. But he did get convicted of conspiracy to commit murder in the end and spent a full decade in prison. Um, and Rozier also spent a decade in prison. They both served 10 years. Um, Rozier was released in 1996 and was put under witness protection because... Yeah, people were yeah, people were going to mess with him um, on February 5th, 1999 in Cameron Park, California. A man named Robert Ramsey's was arrested for bouncing a sixty six dollar check to an auto parts store. Oh, and as Ramsey Rose sat here. in his cell, police were able to track a total of 30 bounce checks for video rentals, groceries, bar tabs. All the damn things um, enough to bring his misdemeanor up to a felony. Ramsey's then confessed to more checks than that, but said, but my name is Robert Rozier. And he was sure that if he said that, they wouldn't be able to charge him for the checks because he's like, but that's not even my name. I'm really Robert Rozier. And they were like, nope. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. <laughs> that's not a thing. The state of California was like, uh, nope. So they charged him with fraud. And under the three strike law, the conviction meant that his sentence could be nothing less than 25 to life. Oh, so wow. Rozier is kind of crazy that prison. he got 25 to life for writing uh, like weird checks. But 
he got 10 years for killing six people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, they I think they originally gave him 22 years, but still 22 years for killing six six people is insane. Um, And he got off after 10 years for good behavior. And they were like, sure. So that, yeah, that is bonkers to me. And same goes for, what's his toes? Yahweh Ben Yahweh. 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 Yeah, Yeah, that he... Um, was only in prison for it. He may, I think it was just over a decade, maybe 11 years, but still. Then he was released, um, but was still on parole. And then he got prostate cancer and was able to get his parole taken off. He begged and pleaded and said, I'm going to die anyway. Will you please let me off my parole so I can go be reunited with my followers? Because he still had followers who were like writing him Don't in prison. They always? And, like, yeah. They always so did Charles Manson. It's like he still had fans. So they actually did call off his parole oh, in two thousand six and he was able to go like live in this commune or whatever the hell with some of his followers until he died in two thousand seven from the prostate cancer. And Rosier is still sitting in Mule Creek State Prison, home of Charles Manson and Lyle Menendez. They were also there. Um, and he will be up for parole again in 2024. Wow. No, I had no idea. I knew about that cult. Right. That cult I knew about. I mean, I didn't know the ins and outs. I just, mm-hmm. I remember the name and I remember it was in Florida. Um, yeah. But I didn't know that they had a defensive. They had a defensive end who was involved. <laughs> I know. Was- I had heard Temple of Love was the only like familiarity yeah. from the story. But I was like, does everyone know that this football player was involved? And like, he was the reason for bringing Yahweh Ben Yahweh down, which is also a really big deal. And yeah, the fact that that he got out of prison and still was like, well, I'll just commit some more fraud, <laughs> throw myself right back in there. Um, and it's not likely that he'll when he's up for parole again, that anything will happen. He's most likely going to be in prison for the rest of his life. So I mean, he killed six people. Yeah, he should be in freaking <laughs> yeah. prison for the rest of his life. Uh-oh. It's insane that just because but this happens all the time, just because you participate and help the FBI. Yeah. you Don't cry for Rosier. No, I mean, like anything less than life is a plea deal. Yeah. Yeah. So they go, okay, not life, but 25 years for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's interesting that they were like, 10 years, man, Florida's wild. Florida is wild, (laughs) I know. Yeah, and then he was smart to leave Florida and go out to California, but then he really didn't have any luck. Outback of the United States. Yes, for sure. We have monsters here, plants can kill you. Yep. Also, we're insane. It's true. Creepy bugs and monsters, and everyone's a little bit wild. (laughs) Yeah, so that was a nutty one. The second one I have is pretty short and sweet, honestly, because... I had a little more history on Rosier that I could look up. This dude that I'm about to talk about for some reason like has no Wikipedia page, is like nowhere to be found except for that he was an MMA fighter and had one professional fight in his life. But the story was worth reading. Ashley, you actually sent it to me. You didn't read it. You just sent me the headline. And I was like, the headline was enough to grab me because it's bonkers. So MMA, for those who don't know, mixed martial arts. Um, it's pretty cool. Those fighters, yeah, it's actually like it is like an artistic almost sport. And I was reading that a lot of Islamic terrorists, when they if they want to stop their life of terror and go into like uh, I don't even know what you call it, they go into like the reforming program. It's almost like deprogramming. Like oh. when, if you're in a cult, like if really? they decide to leave and like go through the change, they will do mixed martial arts to like bring them back and bring them into a meditative state and it's like what helps them like get back to themselves which i found fascinating you know a lot of people who don't like sports like mma yes y'all might like it i know i haven't given it a chance but i now want to after i feel like i don't like it i don't like seeing people get hurt 
Sure. It's too bloody for me. Yeah. And I yeah, love the punches in the nose. Like you can't help, but like yeah. blood's going to gush. Everywhere. Like I watch it hockey is, it is a lot. and that's, that's about my max. That's about my, yes, I'm the same. My one sport is hockey. My husband got me into, and now I'm, I never thought I'd be here, but I'm a diehard Penguins fan. And I'm a Bruins fan. Yeah. Which, yeah, which, our teams hate each other. Yes, and <laughs> I watch games, even when Alex isn't home, I'll sit and watch them alone. And I will say out loud to myself, like, who are you? Like, you're watching <laughs> hockey <laughs> alone. You get it. I don't get it. That's fair. I, I, I watch the playoffs. Like, I like the oh, yeah. playoffs, playoffs are so stuff. exciting. I watch those, but. That's because any sport in the playoffs, you can it's be so like, fun. okay, Very I can, I can yeah. deal with this. but And it's so cutthroat, and yeah. I have like 18 panic attacks during the playoffs. Yeah. It's nuts. Carl, have you been to a live hockey game? Yeah. Those are First sporting so that I cool. went to actually was a hockey game. I had never been fun. before. Joe's taking me to two now, three maybe. We've nice. gone to see Kings games, I think I've only and been to I think three. it's so cool. I do too. I want to start going to more Kings games. We always try to go when the Penguins are out here and it doesn't work out, but it is fun to watch it live because mm-hmm. it's it's very exciting. It's cold in there. And it's a little chilly. It's cold. <laughs> is I gotta that the be reason after, you hate it? No, it was one of them. But it, it's, <laughs> it's funny because I don't hate it. It's, it's a live sporting event. It's fun. But it's so different being at a Kings game than it is at a Lakers or a Clippers game. Sure. True. And it's just like. The music is so bad at a king thing. I I'm do not a agree with like, that. Rock music sucks, but it's like y'all picking shitty rock music, right? Yeah, what is this, Kings of Leon? I do agree with that. Yeah, like you're playing the weird songs. We're at a Lakers or Clippers game. It's the jam. Yeah, like, it's all the good music. That is very true. Um, okay, so MMA, not hockey. Sorry, everybody. But yes, mixed Still martial violent. arts. I do have a respect for it because I know. I mean, you do have to be like very athletic but also there's so much coordination it is almost like a dance what's well, mixed to find, martial arts yeah. you have to know like you mix taekwondo you, you have to know karate you have yeah. to know boxing. all the different moves mm-hmm. was i was trying to remember um when that really great boxer who's never lost fought that one guy <laughs> i'm really wow thing <laughs> you'll when, know uh, who i'm talking Floyd about mayweather fought conor mcgregor yes is conor an mma fighter is he that what is, you call him okay is, yeah. that is i was thinking that on my way over here i who was like won? did i watch the oh my boxer. gosh the boxer for sure <laughs> really yeah connor did not i for some reason watched that even though i had no interest connor did not know how to box he didn't he uh, was like only holding on to his own moves but like thought he could put them into boxing and they're just so different he was literally like, he's irish and or Scottish, he's Scottish. I'm yeah. sorry. To well, I don't care. <laughs> get get mad if you want to, people. But uh, he's, he's Scottish. But he was like fighting like this, like like oh, I like said like Irishman. this as if I'm not on a podcast. He was fighting like the the fighting Irish. the Lucky Charms man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he was literally yeah. doing the fighting Irish, like yeah. hands out. And Floyd was like, "Oh no, punk! Yeah. I'm about to kill yeah. you." And he didn't. Floyd didn't didn't fight him the whole. And also, Connor is so like racist but in a european like oh we don't have the same political correctness right. as america yeah. yeah and so at the end of the fight he's like he was jumping around like a little mexican oh <laughs> like God. what are you talking about God, I'm like, you are terrible oh. I hate you so much. where is your publicist yeah. you can't say that yeah he was special and he was so cocky before the fight too because he's I like yeah i make i make now. people bleed on the regular it's like yes but you're not a boxer and floyd is amazing and has never lost so <laughs> Yeah, that was that was hilarious. So he is an MMA fighter. That's what I was thinking. Okay, so this man named Jared Jared Wyatt, who back in 2010, he was a 29 year old MMA fighter. He only had one professional fight, but he was he was training to do more. He was like breaking into the world. But um, one night he was at a party with his trainer. He was really good friends with his 21 year old sparring partner Taylor Powell. 
Um, and they, after a training one day, went to just let loose a little bit. I think it had been like an aggressive, tough day. Like his training partner, like I think was giving him a hard time. They're both pretty hard on each other. Both had some mental health issues that they okay. were dealing with. And like they like to take it to the ring, but I think it got pretty heated. So they went to let loose at a party on March 21st, 2010. And they decide to drink some hallucinogenic tea filled with some shrooms. And they were like, this is going to be our way to let loose. But a couple hours into their trip, and they're at a party. It's not just the two of them. They're like at a party with other people. Um, Wyatt and Powell start discussing that they think a huge tidal wave is coming to end the world. And they thought that um, the devil was inside of them and that they had to get the devil out or God wouldn't come to save them before the tidal wave came. Some bonkers shit. They were what going nuts. This? 2010. Okay. Yeah. And I was also trying to think, was this the year that that earthquake happened somewhere and we did think a tidal wave was going to come to California? That I don't remember. Been 2010. I just remember t- 2012 was supposed to be like the Mayan calendar ends. Ooh, yeah. It was 2010. Was so it was the- before that. I have a memory. It was around Glee times, which is why it could have been 2010, where I remember coming home and me and my roommate were like, we have to leave town. The tidal wave is coming. And by the time it got to L.A., it was just like, <laughs> like a tiny wave. And they were like, oh, surfers on it that. like, yeah, yeah. kind of hit the pier a little <laughs> in Santa Monica. Um, yeah. So it was nothing. But anyway, so they thought a tidal wave was coming and friends around the party heard them talking, kind of started to back away like, oh, I'm going to moonwalk out of here now. (laughs) Like what? Um, So left the two alone for a little while. Everyone starts to hear a loud commotion is like, what the hell is going on in the living room? Um, They walk out and I'm sorry for laughing, but it's insane. Jared Wyatt is naked and covered in blood. And next to him is his trainer, Taylor Powell, who is dead, and his chest is completely open. His heart has been ripped out, and his tongue has been cut off. Oh, my gosh. And Wyatt is clearly, like, so out of it. He's in a complete daze, and he just simply looks at everyone like, I had to kill him. I had to do it, and I have to throw his heart in the stove. So he puts his heart into the stove. Kids. And then don't do drugs. Yes. What? <laughs> and then falls to the ground and just starts screaming. Oh, and no. he didn't even season the heart. Yeah. No. I, I can't. He didn't season it. He just threw it in. It's <laughs> not going to taste it. good. Um. So then everyone obviously at the party is freaking the fuck out and yeah, they're calling shrieking. the police and people are running outside and they're like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. So the police arrive and still like Jared didn't make a run for it. Nothing because he is so convinced this was what was supposed to happen. The police arrive. They're like, talk us through it. What happened? And he's like, I, this, he was he had the devil inside of him I had to do it he was asking me to do it I did what I had to do his heart is in the stove and they like went over and opened it and I guess like two of the police officers had to leave they're like it was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life and um, he it got was horrible 10 years yeah and so he got 10 years um no he did get life in prison but um they were what the interesting thing of the court case was they were going to take it to trial But prosecutors were begging him to just take a plea bargain because they didn't want uh, Taylor Powell's family to have to see images of the crime scene and how horrific it was in court. And they would have had to show the photos. And they were like, can we save everyone the grief and not take this to trial? Will you just take life in prison with the ability of parole? Whereas if we take this to court, 
like, we're not lying to you, son. You're going to get life in prison without the ability of parole. Like, this was horrific what you did. So if you're willing to do that, will you just, like, can we not go to trial? And he agreed to that because he, he never... He seems like a nice guy, except honestly, for the whole, like, he didn't tongue deny and heart it. thing. Yeah, he was like, of course, I don't want to, like, Taylor was my friend. I don't want to hurt his family. Like, I just did what I had to do. Um, so they, yeah, they didn't go to trial. They put him into prison. He's still, he's serving a life sentence in California. I have the prison written down somewhere, but, um, yeah, he's, this was all took place in California. He's from California. Um, he's serving his sentence here and yeah, Taylor Powell's family said that, um, Taylor was pretty disturbed, but he was always good about calling them and talking about his problems, which that like broke my heart. That was what his family was saying when they were interviewed outside of the courthouse the day they decided to, you know, do the plea bargain and everything. Um, The mom just broke down and was like, I I can't even discuss the details of this because it's so horrible. Um, But all I know is Taylor had his issues. Clearly, Jared did, too. But at least Taylor was always able to call us and discuss them. And I can't believe my son will you know, never call me again. I won't get those nights again. So that was heartbreaking. Um, But luckily, Jared is put away forever and we don't have to see him again. But I also I was reading some articles that were talking about this case and how some MMA fighters have come forward just being so mad about this guy because of course after this case everyone went nuts and was like well it's because mma is so violent like yeah it's it's because all they're getting all of their aggression out and these fighters just want to kill and hurt people it's like no 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 that's not fair to say this guy was disturbed and he was on hallucinogenic drugs it was like the perfect mixture yes it was horrific but there are so many mma fighters who are wonderful people and this is just their sport and this is their art and this is their profession and this is how they feel creative you know you can go down the list there are wonderful MMA fighters who have families and live normal lives. And so I I just read some cool articles that I liked that they were trying to beat the stigma of like, no, that's not fair just because it's a more violent sport and there is some punching and blood involved. Like you can't label us all crazy. This was 2010. So were they talking about CTE yet? No, it wasn't really a discussion yet. It maybe like just come to the surface. Yeah. He ended up finally getting sent to prison in 2012, two years later with like everything that had to happen in between. But I think even by 2012, it was maybe still pretty new. Right. I am confused. What? Where did everybody else go? When he started killing him in the party, well, they <laughs> were in another room because <laughs> remember they had left them because they were like these psychos are They're saying weird. some weird shit. Like we don't want to be near them, but then they heard like commotion. I think when he was killing him, it was pretty quiet. But then he started to shriek after the kill, and that's when they walked in to be like, "Jared, what's up?" And he was nude and covered in blood in the I, room. They had missed it completely. Were, they weren't on drugs. They were those they were only drugs. those two, not the whole party. Okay, okay, okay. Just him and his sparring partner did the shrooms together. Oh, it was shrooms. Okay. I missed I was sitting there listening to you the whole time and I'm like what is happening you may have like just missed me say the shroom tea part yeah (laughs) so they were on drugs and that and that's when they started having the tidal wave end of the world discussion and he was like this is what I had to do but everyone missed the kill they just walked in to see the naked body in blood and yeah yeah like he never denied it in those 12 minutes yeah they were out of the room he, Everybody walked in the room, and he comes. And he's can you like, imagine finding that? Ah, excuse me, y'all. You mind if I sneak through? I just gotta get to the kitchen. I gotta get to the stove. I gotta get to the stove to put this in there. Oh, it's so horrible. Can you imagine walking in on that? Like you no. have to be traumatized just from being there. Yeah. Oh my God, just I would never be the same. Uh, but yeah, he never he never denied it. He always admitted because there was no way around it. Like he did it. He was there. He was covered in his blood. Uh, his one thing that he did try to fight 
originally before he accepted the plea bargain was uh, he tried to plead by reason of insanity, but he saw a few psychiatrists and they said, you seem perfectly competent to me. Yep. So unfortunately he just, he snap a lap adapt and that happened. But yeah, I just wanted to give that PSA that that is not all MMA fighters. And it's not fair to say that just because it is a little bit more of a violent sport that everyone's going to go be a murderer. Cause that's not true. Football too. Yes. Oh, I yeah, think, absolutely. Uh, I think they, they do that same thing. I had a friend one time, we were rehearsing a sketch from, for a show, and said something about football players. Go, well, they're all monsters anyway. I go, Mm-mm. no, don't well. don't say things like that. <laughs> yeah. They're not. Not all of them are monsters. No, absolutely like, not. It is a rough sport. A lot of them do have brain damage. Right. But not everybody with brain damage is a monster. Right. One. That's and, true. Yeah. And there are bad people in every profession and yeah right and i think the whole cte turning people into monsters thing i think it's a recipe it has to be like a recipe for disaster right. like if yeah. you look at like aaron Rodgers, it's like yeah he had cte he was also kind of abused when he was a kid oh, aaron hernandez hernandez, hernandez. Yeah. thank I was you like, <laughs> aaron rogers. Say that. Uh, i have a, aaron I have a story about aaron Rodgers. that's why uh but yeah hernandez he like he had cte but he also was like abused as a child totally he also had like you know, if the the whole like homosexuality, homosexuality was thing was yeah. true, like he had that Sexual repression problem within his life where right. he was trying to cover that. It's like a recipe for that. Yeah, yeah. but it doesn't madness. always mean that you will go to violence and murder. No. But yeah, one of my good friends, her dad was a professional football player and he's now he has really bad brain damage now. Um, He lives in Austin, but he like he's just sort of like going into dementia now and I think struggles with alcohol, but he's not abusive. He's not violent. He just like is starting to lose sight of who he is. And yeah, like he uses alcohol as a coping mechanism and it's very sad, but yeah, he's not, he's not murdering anybody. My dad too played very high level football and is the sweetest dude in the world. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So stop saying generalizations about people. (laughs) That's right. But isn't that story insane? No, it's insane. (laughs) I cannot believe that that happened on earth. To anyone, yeah, I know. Wild. Oh my god, yeah, that's wild. Ripped his heart out. Okay, I can't. We're done here. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> um, Carl's stories. actually going to tell us about yes. a curse. How but first to of cook all, hearts? How to cook hearts in a stove at a party? <laughs> Make sure you use garlic powder for sure. Your dad played football. He did high yeah. level football. Uh huh. He made it to the he made it to the pros. Uh, very short lived career right. in the pros. Like yeah. not not really didn't really play in the pros, but he made it. Yeah, that's still uh, cool. Well, yeah, it's really cool. But uh. Yeah, I'm and sure he's doing he's well. Some, yeah, he's doing fine. His Good. knees hurt. <laughs> sure, we <laughs> all. So did Joe's. Like, yeah. <laughs> we all. Have I think he's like got like diabetes, but he's, <laughs> he's an older black guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's just the norm that happens. Uh, my story, yes, is not as in depth as Lauren. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. There's no right or wrong way. Really, writing oh, essays please. in these streets. Oh yeah, we write essays. Hey, this is <laughs> year four for us. We've mm-hmm. learned. We just have become essay writers. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. But uh, my story after after you said you wanted to do a sports episode, uh-huh. Ashley, I was like, what is a weird story that uh, I know from sports? And I racked my brain. I was like, oh, my hometown. New Orleans Saints. Yes. We're cursed. Did y'all know that? I did. I did not. Yes. We are a cursed team. <laughs> now, when I was growing up, the story was that there was a witch that came down when the team was formed and said, you will never win a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite story that I've heard yet. <laughs> but it is not true. I couldn't find any evidence. Hey, it this. might be. We don't know. Yeah, we don't know for sure. <laughs> I mean, New Orleans people, they probably didn't log a lot of the stuff to put on Google. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> But what is true is the location of the Louisiana Superdome. 
Okay. Now, New Orleans Saints uh, were founded in 1966. Okay. That was when the team came out, and they were bad from the beginning. <laughs> but it's a it was an expansion team. Yeah. You know, it's new new to the league and stuff like that. In uh, 1975, they got their arena, the world-famous Louisiana Superdome, now known yeah. as the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Ah. It was completed in 1975, and it was built on land that was previously a cemetery. Of course it was. Why do yeah. we keep doing yeah. Why do we do this? <laughs> We've all seen the movie Poltergeist. Yeah. New Orleans Saints go through happens. a real-life Poltergeist. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So yeah, this all bad. stars in 1822. The Gerard Street Cemetery in New Orleans, Louisiana. It was doomed from the beginning. Because at this time, around this time between the 19, the 1830s, the 1820s and the 1830s, there was a cholera outbreak in Louisiana. Oh, geez. I mean, it's, that place is surrounded by water. Right. And there's, you know, rats the size of, right. you know, small cars. They're asking for trouble. Yeah. <laughs> asking for a little disease, uh, maybe. Yeah. They're called nutria rats. We eat them. Uh, <laughs> that, and that is not a joke. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, big ass swamp rats. Oh yeah. no! This have you been, eaten one? I have had. How is it? Uh, I, not for me. Okay, but it's it was more. It wasn't that the that the food that it was nasty. It was just I knew what it was. Yeah. Right, I that's that that it hard to, to push past. past. Yeah. 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 So you see, like rats in in New York, yeah. and they're like, oh my god, that's a big ass rat. It's like the size of a shoe. No, uh-huh. these rats are like a like cat? the size of dogs. Yeah. Like, they're big. They're big That's my nightmare. <laughs> and oh they come from God. the swamp. It's just yeah, like in the, the perfect they got storm. Big old teeth. What do they um what do you eat the rats in? Hot sauce. <laughs> That's the most Louisiana thing I've ever heard in my uh, life. A uh, big old rat and hot sauce. <laughs> uh, uh, what do you like, what do you mean when you eating it like? <laughs> I didn't know if it was like we put it in gumbo or like we Oh no, put you cook it, in... it you cook it on its own, you like roast yeah, it. Like, you roast it? You yeah. just oh, eat okay. rat and hot sauce. Yeah, it's the like the protein of the meal. So okay. like you got your potatoes and so you might have a side vegetables dish. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah yeah but that's like the star it's like yeah chicken or listen i'm from southern illinois i've had squirrel i've had frog i've had we we catch whatever in our yards yeah. and eat it we used to have fried <laughs> frog legs and it, it was a treat i enjoyed it yeah uh, you know I, I again another thing that i wasn't into yeah i wasn't i got called uh bougie in hollywood real quick because Did i didn't you? like Pig feet, any any of that stuff. It hey, you nasty. like what you like. You like what you like. I like bacon. <laughs> yes. Everybody likes bacon. Amen. But it was an above ground cemetery and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But because of the cholera outbreak, there were too many bodies and not enough space to put them. So people just started piling up. Oh my god. Dead bodies. So literally like this is the lawlessness of this place in the eighteen thirties. <laughs> yeah. You can literally just walk down the street and pass by the cemetery and there's just a pile of dead bodies. Oh my at word. this dang on cemetery. Nope. So by eighteen eighty, this place was in such like disrepair that you could it had an odor to it. Like I mean, at at that time they had and you know, found more space and dug up more. But in in New Orleans, because of the sea level thing, the graves are, you know, above ground and stuff like that yeah but the pile of bodies just had kind of had just to be was thrown hanging out a, yeah kind of <laughs> had to be thrown in a pile and wow. then 50 years go by and this place is just not being taken care of yeah what a and nightmare. when it rained that spreads disease and more cholera and nasty stuff like that so uh the mayor of the town at that time demanded that it be shut down and it did not get shut down 
it did. Oh my it God. just kept on pushing. And it got kept getting bought by other churches. Mm-hmm. And those people would not keep up with the upkeep of this place. Dang. And it was just known as the worst cemetery in the city. So by the 1940s, imagine what it's like 100 years later. Yeah. Because like I was going to say, back in the 1800s, a lot of the time, too, if you couldn't afford to give your family a proper burial, you would just take the body to a cemetery and like dig a hole where an existing grave was and throw the body in. Yeah. That's so that's just bonkers to me. That's the wild west. Throw it in. (laughs) Add it in there. Yeah. That is nuts. That's kind of what they just did. Like that, when that church bought it, uh, Christ cathedral church is what it was called. And that church was in bad shape too. And it was just like this, all this has got to be torn away. So by the 1940s, the mayor demanded that the church be torn down mm-hmm. and the cemetery be torn down. And it still lasted for until 1958. Wow. wow. And then finally in 1958, the tombs that were above ground, which were all jacked up and ransacked and it was just bad. They were all moved <laughs> by race because <laughs> oh it's God. 1958. Right. In sure. New Orleans. So yeah. <laughs> like black people got sent to one side of town and white people got sent to other cemeteries. It's like, how do you know they're all skeletons? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're making That's assumptions. You're making a lot of assumptions mm. right now. <laughs> How that do name you know? <laughs> yeah, that name. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So this is 1958. And finally, this land is kind of spread out and is given to the city. And they kind of just flatten it out. Cut to 1966. Team comes around. 1967 is their first year. And they play at the Tulane Stadium from 1967 to 1975. When the fabulous Superdome is built on what land used to be the Gerard Street Cemetery. Whoops. Just a great piece of land. Yeah, great piece of land. (laughs) Now, rumor has it, and rumor by rumor I mean facts and history (laughs) have it that the Saints were bad before this this was built, but they didn't get no better. (laughs) It didn't help. It didn't get any better. Nope. That's true. They did not have a winning season until 1987, so 20 years in. Wow. Was when they finally made it to the playoffs, and they lost in the first playoff game they ever had to the Minnesota Vikings, whom I hate. <laughs> uh, we don't like the Vikings. We don't like the Vikings here. And then we didn't win a playoff game until the year 2000. Okay. So between 1987 and 2000, was that 13 years? Jeez, yeah. That's when we won our first playoff game. Oh, my goodness. And then in 2000, before that game, there was a woman named Ava K. Jones, who was a voodoo priestess, mm-hmm. who came to the Superdome and who had a big bowl constricted around her neck and did a whole presentation before the game to basically ward off all spirits, all evil oh spirits gosh. from around the team. This is before that playoff game. And that game, in that game, we were up 31 to 10 at halftime. Whoa. And then in the third quarter, the Rams, who were in St. Louis at the time, mm-hmm. just started coming back. Oh, no. 31-17. Dang. 31-24. 31-28. And now at the end <laughs> of this game, we punt the ball to them. And in true voodoo fashion... Ram receiver catches it and he drops it immediately. Oh my god. And gosh. we recover it. And we win and our won? first playoff game. Oh my god, the priestess did it. The priestess did it. It was all her. It Until was just the she didn't do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> and but in those next few years, we started to have winning seasons finally. Okay, we yeah. Never won until 2010, when we were doing background. My Saints finally had a 13 game winning season in the regular season. They went to the playoffs. We won all the playoff games, made it to the Super Bowl, and we won. Yeah. Finally. Great. You think that the curse is dead. 2010 <laughs> but, was but. the year. But <laughs> wait, there is more. Because after that season, we were accused of cheating. Really? Really? Now listen to this. You guys aren't football fans, but you can see how ridiculous this sounds. What we were accused of doing was paying players extra money and incentives for big hits and to to injure the players. And I'm putting those in air quotes because right. they just were paying to have big hits. Yeah. Now, is it safe? No. Is football safe? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, no, not at all. <laughs> have incentives been being given since in since Little League? Like I remember coaches used to say, if you knock somebody's helmet off, we're going to get pizza after the game. Yeah. Like, like yeah, hell a, yeah. It's Let's a thing. It. Yeah. And it's just in the NFL. It's part oh, of football. That cat scared me. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Gabby. Uh, Good morning. Yeah, there is a black cat yeah. here. Uh, <laughs> that was the best reaction. <laughs> uh, instead of pizza, it was $25,000. Right. Yeah, just a little different. It's a little different. You can get 25,000 pizzas. <laughs> $1,000 pizza. Yes. <laughs> That's a good That's pizza. That's a good pizza. Uh <laughs> Oh, you get 250,000 pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, so we got accused of cheating. Our coach gets, our defensive coordinator gets fired. Our coach gets um, banned for a year. You know who the what? team that accuses of cheating? Who? The Minnesota Vikings. Oh, those oh, sons of bitches. I hate Even them. more of a reason. I hate, to hate them, them now, too. Yeah. I didn't like them before, but I really don't like them now. No, I didn't care about them before. But I decimated didn't know us they were a team. that year after. We it, we lost more games than we won. It was back to oh by the way in the eighties the Saints were called the Aints and the oh. fans would show up to the game with brown paper bags over their heads oh, and that was like the that known was the thing. thing. We were yeah. the bad team of the league. We were, Dang. And then we finally thought we turned it all around. The curse was dead. Mm-hmm. We won a Super Bowl and then literally the next year we go back to being bad. But then things kind of pick up over the years. Yeah, and we start to go like win playoff games and make it back to the playoffs over the recent years. And then two years ago, we make it to the playoffs and it is the NFC championship. And we're about to go to the Super Bowl. And at the end of the game, their team's quarterback throws a crazy pass that he avoided getting a sack. That means he avoids getting hit. So he just throws it in the air. Yeah. One of their players catches it. Our defensive player, overplays it and gets burnt they score a touchdown and beat us in the last second of the game it was the last second last second of the game and you know what team that was oh was it the The minnesota (laughs) shut up wait you said this was two years ago i actually remember this game only because i have a friend from minnesota and a friend from louisiana and they got in like an actual fight (laughs) over it like they were like screaming at each other and i was just getting drunk in the corner like why do we care about this yeah Um, yeah, it was terrible and then last year we make it to the NFC Championship game again. Uh-huh. One game away from the Super Bowl. Finally having winning seasons. Yeah, that game, that, that what, they, what they're calling the miracle in Minnesota, yeah. which we call the mishap in Minnesota. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> uh, we finally moved past it. And this year, 
We're playing against the L.A. Rams. Drew Brees steps back, throws a pass to one of his receivers. Before the ball can even come close to this receiver, one of the defensive players on the Rams knocks him out. Full helmet to helmet, which is illegal. You're not allowed to – a defensive player is not allowed to touch the offensive receiver until he has – an opportunity to catch the ball. Then you're allowed okay. to try to not let him do it. Okay. Right. But the ball was like going to be caught by him. And this dude just not he even, oh, oh, he also has to look for the ball. He has to turn his head to and see to see coming. like the ball is coming okay. to try to make a fair defensive right. play. This guy didn't he do didn't. that. He just knocked him out. Oh my God. Pass interference is what that is called. Yeah. So we're like, it's okay. Pass yeah. interference, a 15 yard penalty. <laughs> it's gonna going to be great. Down the field, baby. Yeah. Refs don't call it. Everybody goes insane. Bullshit. Everybody goes insane. We can you. I'll show was you this. Was this in after, New Orleans? This is in New Orleans. This was in New Orleans. I think that refs, same friend who's from Louisiana was going crazy about this again. But it, like again, I'm never paying yeah. close enough attention. <laughs> I'm like, why is Meredith so mad? Oh, Meredith knows. <laughs> Meredith knows. Uh, and it, I can show you the play after we get done here. It's egregious, and the refs don't review it. That's crazy. And we can't get a review on it, and they don't call it. And the Rams beat us. Was it out here? Were they playing out here? No, no, no. We were in Louisiana. Oh, that's even worse. Yeah, it was even worse. That's horrible. And the Rams end up going to the Super Bowl. They lose to Tom Brady, of course, because they weren't supposed to be there because they were not good enough. And we're mad. We're pissed. So this year, we complained. We actually literally filed a formal complaint to the refs. As you should. And they got in trouble because it was an egregiously missed call. And refs don't like that. Uh-huh. They don't like to be called out. So now they're going to hate you guys forever. Yeah. So this past season, <laughs> this past season, we are getting screwed all year, but managed to still have a great season. And we make it to the playoffs. But we have the best record in the NFC South, which is our little conference, which houses the Saints, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Carolina Panthers, and the I am blanking on the last team we doesn't can't matter help you yeah <laughs> we will not be able to help you uh, oh the atlanta falcons uh and uh we make it and we're like oh we get a first round bye we get a first round bye like if if seattle beats san francisco mm-hmm. so it's like strength of scheduling type yeah thing. so seattle has to beat san francisco in their game and if they beat san francisco then we get to sit out a week and just go straight to the divisional which would have been amazing which would have been great Seattle loses in the last second. So now oh we gosh. have to play. You cannot. The, we have win. to play the wild card game. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's cool. Yeah. We've had a great season. Just we, do well, guys. Just do well in the wild card. Right. You know, you it's, 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 it's tough. It's a wild card game. It's, mm-hmm. it, but, you know, we got it. Yeah. Who are we going to play against? Oh, no. The Minnesota <laughs> no. Vikings. No. no. That is unreal. No. Curse. This is a nightmare. Minnesota Vikings. And they beat us. Ugh. We lose. They're the reason for the curse. And I you don't know, even think it's the cemetery. It's, it's the, the Vikings. Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> and you know what they do every time they beat us in a playoff game and they go on to the next round? They lose because they <laughs> suck. So then it's even more obnoxious. Because you're like, yeah, you're terrible. They, we should have won. It sucks shit yeah. every time. That's so annoying. And so they did that same thing this year. They made it to the next round mm-hmm. and they got their asses blown out because yep. they're pieces of shit. Yep. 
my so new, curse. My new least favorite team in the NFL. I know. Now Thank I hate the Vikings, hate and that's Vikings. again. That's what that's my other friend who gets in the fights with Meredith. So I'm just not going to support her ever. Sorry, I'm on <laughs> Team Meredith now. I'm for the Saints. And that is the curse mm. of the New Orleans Saints. That how is do, rough. How do we fix this? I don't know. Do we need like a couple of voodoo? Yeah, we need ladies? to get we need to get Ava K Jones to come back, and she needs to bring a busload of her homegirls. Yeah, more snakes, <laughs> maybe. more snakes. Maybe instead of a cheerleading team, just have voodoo priestesses. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a great a- idea. Game. Instead of pom poms, boa constrictors. Because cheers are technically just like spells. That's for true. Sports. Ra ra shish goomba. Like that's a spell. That is... Sis boomba. Nobody said that since like the forties. Ra ra sis boomba. <laughs> yeah, just it's a spell. That's it's a spell. witchcraft. That's double basically. double toil and trouble. Yes. That's what that is. Yeah. I like that idea. I will. I mean, that is rough, and I do completely believe in the curse after that story. But I don't. I don't feel like I ever hear about the Saints being a bad team. Like you guys keep having it rough in the playoffs, but now they are known as like a strong over the past. Team, right. I would say since we won the Super Bowl, we had like three years after. So between we won in twenty two thousand nine two thousand ten season, and then the next three seasons after that, we were pretty bad, and okay. then we got back into prominence after that. Okay. And since then, we've been the best good, offensive yeah. team in the NFC. Ah. And but you just can't you just catch cannot, a break. Can't catch a break. Wow. Can't catch a break. Either it's the refs screwing us yeah. or it's the Vikings the getting Vikings. lucky because they love to beat us because they were the ones that complained. Right. They hurt our players. Right. They were targeting Brett Favre. <laughs> hey, I hate them. I haven't heard that name in a long I mean, time. Me either. Brett Favre. Favre. He was the quarterback in that 2009 game that okay. sent us to the to the. Uh, Super Bowl, and then the complaint happened. And he didn't even complain. He was just like, "Yeah, they were playing." They yeah, were playing that's football. how you play. That's how you play football. football for sure. Oh, you remind me of the Rams year and how embarrassing that was when they went to the Super Bowl. That was such an embarrassment. They were so terrible. <laughs> like they were just that was knocked back when they were ass. still in St. Louis. Right? Yeah. yeah, no, they no, were no, in L.A. So that's why I'm saying it was an oh, embarrassment because okay. we all like jumped on the bandwagon. I'm calling myself out. I was excited because I was like, "L.A. is a football team. This is fun." I got a sweatshirt, and then we were see. I didn't terrible. like them because I'm from basically St. Louis. Right, so you're so like, why did you leave? To LA, I was like, hmm. even though like they here's were the LA's thing, team first. I know, but <laughs> yeah, they were coming back. Too, we didn't really care about them. Yeah, like, we, really we like hockey, we like the Blues, we like the Cardinals, and the Rams were fine. Yeah, yeah I've never so been raised like on football big. because of being from Illinois and the Bears always being terrible. If we're talking mm-hmm. about other bad teams, the Bears have always been bad, so it was never fun. Like it was just my dad like swearing at the TV all the time. Like, when will the Bears ever win? Did your dad play the '85 Super Bowl for you guys? No, surprisingly. He talked about it. I have, never th- I have like four friends who go, oh, yeah, every year that the Bears don't it. do anything, we watch the 85 Super Bowl. Like, you guys are weirdos. <laughs> no, but he would just talk that, about it. We did that last year. Like at on the Super, on Super Bowl Sunday last year, mm-hmm. New Orleans like had like a huge parade and they played the 2010 the winning. Super Bowl. Yeah. That's cool, though. Because like, we were supposed cool. to go to the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, like, yeah. you should have. You last were year we were supposed to go. This year... It was a little bit more up in the air. Uh-huh. It would have sucked to not play Minnesota in that first round, but yeah. you know, you win some, you lose some. But yeah. last year, it was a straight up robbery. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say? Because I know, like, sports curses are are a thing. Like, mm-hmm. there are several. Is the most famous one? Would it be the Bambino? The Curse of the Bambino? I've, if I've would heard you say? of that, I would say. <laughs> I've heard that name. I don't know. Oh, is that the uh, Red, Sox, Red Sox? Isn't it? Yeah. 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 Because that's the one I wondered if you were going to talk about it just because Joe is a Red Sox fan. But yeah, they had a really long losing streak. Yeah. Like it was 
Yeah, people would come and like bring like not garlic. I'm saying garlic just because it sounds funny, but they would like bring things to try and like yeah. bless the field. Offerings. And they just like, yeah, they never That's they couldn't one. get it together until when was that? 2004. Yeah, was that was their big win and everyone went yeah. insane. And they cheated the Dodgers two years ago. Mm-hmm, yeah, which oh, we yeah. just found out about, which is yeah. wild. Joe is no is he joke livid? heartbroken. Oh. He was just heartbroken. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even mad. He was just sad. Like, that's oh. my team. I wish he was here to defend himself. I'd talk some shit. <laughs> because <laughs> I don't like Boston. But yeah. <laughs> no one does. Yeah. A lot of people don't Unless like you're from there. Yeah. And then you're like, it's great. This and is, everyone this hates the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. But. And they're cheaters too. So. Yeah, that, is so he a I Patriots hear. fan too? He actually is not. He's mostly just a Bruins fan. Oh, okay. He likes the Bruins. Uh, and then obviously he roots for the Red Sox. And he'll root for the Patriots, but he doesn't really. It's not like Die Hard. He was actually a Raiders fan. Oh, nice. Oh. Um, for a long time. Is that Oak? No. Las not Vegas Oakland. now. Oh, Las Vegas. It was ah. Oakland, yeah. Okay, I was like, am mm-hmm. I saying anything correct? It was Oakland, <laughs> then LA, then back to Oakland. Then, okay. Uh, Vegas. Vegas now. Who's the other team we have in LA now? The Chargers? The Chargers, Who we yes. took from San Diego? Yes. Okay. We're taking learning, everybody. learning. And this is such, <laughs> it's so weird to have two football teams here because it's such a yeah. fair weather city. Like, people oh, don't care. Yes. Which is another reason why I was super mad when they, want, when they went to the Super Bowl yeah. last year because it was like, the Rams don't care. They won't care either way. Yeah. If they lose, nobody's going to be sad. No. They'll be like, okay, well, I got work tomorrow. Yeah, I know. That's how it <laughs> and was. And if they win, they'll be like, we're Super Bowl champions. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. That's why I like I the years where the LA teams don't like do well the year prior because yeah. there's so much more space at all the games. Yes, exactly. Like if the Dodgers aren't doing well, out. it's like tickets are very cheap and yep. like no one is here. And if I like the Kings aren't crowded. doing well, it's like tickets are very cheap and mm-hmm. no one is here. That is so true. It is it's a more fun to go city. to the games. Yeah, because yeah. so many people are, you know, coming from out of town and still root for their own team. So That's true. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think of it that way. Because we, yeah, this year I had two friends who were Kansas City Chiefs fans and it was so fun to watch with them because like I had no stake in the game this year, but it was fun to like watch people from kansas city get like so excited over them winning so that was nice hey listeners are you loving this are you <laughs> loving this sports time i tried sports to make stop. it spooky you did Whoa. a voodoo uh, priestess was that there. is spooky yeah i loved it that's all the time we have this week for keep it weird thank you guys so much for listening and for allowing us our little vacation we are coming back with energy and excitement, even though I don't sound like it right now, I'm still pretty sick, but I promise I will sound better before we record our next episode. If you love Carl, which you should, he's fantastic, head over to Instagram and follow him at Carl. You can also check out his podcast, The Flagrant Ones, on Patreon. He's also been on a ton of other podcasts. I know he's been on Good Christian Fun, and he just toured with Doughboys. And if you're in L.A., check him out at UCB. He's there on Sunday nights at 930 with Shitty Jobs. Uh, the second Friday of the month, he performs with White Women and Cat on Saturdays and Sundays. And he'll be joining us again for next week's episode where I'm going to share some paranormal and supernatural stories in the world of sports. And there will be a special appearance by a very handsome man who's going to share a weird sports story of his own. If you love us, give us five stars on iTunes and subscribe to our show on the platforms that you use to listen to podcasts. Follow us on social media at Keep It Weirdcast across all platforms. Buy some merchandise at www.etsy.com slash shop slash Keep It Weird Podcast. And keep an eye out for new merch coming your way in 2020. 
Donate to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast. It is our main source of income, and it's what keeps our wheels a-turning over here in Weird Town. But it's not just a donation. You'll get bonus episodes, you'll get monthly newsletters, and even discount codes for merchandise if you donate to our show there. No sign-off that I can come up with will be better than Carl's, which you're going to hear next week. So I'm just going to leave you with a thank you for hanging out with us for three years. We're excited to hang out with you for a fourth year. And we are so proud that you continue to keep it weird. Have a great week. I know I have to be on an airplane on Thursday and I'm real anxious about it. I may wear a mask. I might be one of those people. I'm nervous. I'm stressed. I'm going to be on that same plane and be like, can you believe <laughs> this girl? This, this bitch. Can you believe this? <laughs> <laughs> Sitting next to an uh, Asian guy be like, can you believe? Look at this. <laughs> can you believe that? This bitch.